0: Welcome to All Turns and No Bricks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans.
1: Hey NASCAR fans, this is All Turns No Bricks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tim.
0: Hey, hey.
1: Hey, 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 Tim. How are you doing this morning?
0: <laughs> this morning. I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Renee? Actually,
1: believe it or not, I'm actually doing fantastic. I I got some really good sleep. I feel great. And I had a wonderful weekend.
0: Well, that's wonderful. I don't know what I did. I don't know why is this a reoccurring thing. So let's see. Saturday, I went to the gym in the morning. And I actually stayed in all day. I was supposed to go horseback riding. And yes, we do have horses in California. In fact, they're up by your way by Griffith Park. I was going to go horseback riding in the Hollywood Hills, Mm -hmm. but I opted not to go. And I stayed in all day because I wanted to work on a project. And then on Sunday, I actually just prepared for the race. I did get myself together to go to a rooftop party. Yes, and that's the California, Los Angeles life. We do enjoy our rooftop bars and our rooftop parties. And guess what happened? I sat outside waiting on somebody to buzz me in for 45 minutes. And then I gave everybody the middle finger and I drove myself home. I don't understand. How do you invite somebody to a rooftop event? And I've been to this rooftop um, event before, but the problem is, is that there's issues with getting in the door. Oh my goodness. So I left. Hey, and then you know where I went?
1: Uh, another I rooftop I went to party. King
0: Taco. Where? No, I went to King Taco. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. You know, I okay.
1: woke, that, that's your go-to place, Tam, isn't it?
0: Yes. I love me some King Taco. Oh, for you guys out there who may not know what we're talking about, King Taco is like King Taco. It's King Taco of Los Angeles. There's actually a King Taco at the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana. And they're actually one of the sponsors of the track, but they have like a little setup at the track as well. So yes, King Taco is my go-to. I usually get me two chicken tacos, two chicken tamales, and a chicken burrito.
1: Boy, that's that sounds delicious already. You're making me hungry this morning.
0: Yes. <laughs> So that that's that, but yeah. So that was my weekend. Well, Renee, you do anything special? I know you're getting ready for Coachella this weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, Coachella is coming up this weekend, so I actually had a very nice and relaxing weekend because I already know it's going to. I already know it's uh next week, so I took it easy specifically because of that. I had a very nice, relaxing weekend, and Sunday I literally watched sports all day. Number one. I specifically sat back and watched this NASCAR race. And I am very happy that I could, I feel like I should move to Vegas after these two weeks because I feel like I picked a winner easily. I feel like they were just easy pickings, (laughs) if that makes any sense.
0: Jimmy was only a six-time winner at Texas, so picking Jimmy didn't take much brain power. (laughs) No, just kidding. I'm going to give credit to Renee. Yes, he did pick two winners in a row. Congrats! Last week he picked the winner, and this week he picked the winner. But it's easy to pick the winner when almost every week you, you pick know what? Jimmy Johnson. That's true.
1: <laughs> it was—it's better than last year when I kept picking Kevin Harvick and he wouldn't win.
0: Well, to be honest, you know, I think Kevin Harvick should be in your pick in the upcoming weeks because he's definitely yeah. overdue. He looked good to do something. Monday. Yeah, so let's jump right into it. I will let you do all the honors of talking about your boy Jimmy Johnson. Well, wise. I want to give a
1: shout out to Jimmy Johnson, the number forty-eight, for winning over at Texas Motor Speedway in my own hometown, no less. Yeah, y- you know, I don't know what it was what, last week, Tam, when I picked him, and you know what? And going in, I knew the history of him, you know, winning there so much and and having so much success, and it wasn't because of that. I just felt like he was due. On top of the fact of all the successes he's had there, and I figured if there was any time that he was going to win a race, it was going to be there at Texas Motor Speedway. So congratulations to the number 48 car, and uh, congratulations to his team for winning over there in Texas this past weekend. I do want to say this, though, Tam. I thought Ryan Blaney, driving the way he did yesterday, was um very eye-catching. I thought it was kind of a, a very good thing for him and his team to kind of really kind of make a, I, and I I obviously, he was making a statement with his car and, and then his whole team and the way that they handled themselves at the beginning of the race and winning the stages Well, actually the first stage of that race. Shouts out to Ryan Blaney, Tam.
0: <laughs> What's really great is that I was shocked. And I'm not saying it's great because I was shocked, but I think he shocked everybody watching. Ryan actually won two stages. He won stage one and stage two. But you know how I feel about stage racing and all that matters. And actually, Jimmy says something about this. It's like, you got to win the last lap. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. But kudos to the young guy because he really showed another side. When I posted on Twitter who you got, and for those of you who follow us on Twitter, you know, each week we post this, who you got, just kind of ask you who you got. Right. I don't know how else to explain it. Who you got, That does that make sense? And this guy responded on Twitter and said, Blaney. And I literally almost laughed at the computer screen because I was thinking, and I actually asked him, I said, so you think Ryan Blaney is going to win a race before Chase Elliott? Boy, I was eating crow for the first two stages. I literally was sitting there like, holy crap, what did this guy know? That yeah, I, I saw that know?
1: conversation happening. And I, I was, I think I kind of chuckled myself.
0: Yeah, like, what is he? What is he talking about, Ryan Blaney? But boy, did the young guy show it's, us something. He didn't win he, he though. Sh- he
1: sure did. He showed I, us something. You know what? Because the whole time I'm watching that, I, well, i am I'm reading that whole conversation that you're talking about right now. And not that you were trying to ridicule him, you know, to a certain extent, but it was just almost like, okay, you're playing, right? And, and he was being so serious. And then that whole race starts and then he wins the first segment. I'm looking at my phone, looking at the Twitter feed going, yeah, what What does this guy know that we don't know?
0: <laughs> Renee, I will tell you, was it the first or the second stage that came down to like him and Martin Truex and he nudged Martin Truex just by a little bit. But I mean, this guy, he may make mm-hmm. it to the chase uh, if he keeps it up.
1: And I agree. Well, I know we talk a lot about the other young guys, and it's usually like Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson and some of the other young guys that we have that that we've talked about before. But I think it, it this may be the time to start talking about Ryan Blaney and keeping him in our rearview mirror.
0: Well, he definitely quieted the naysayers. And speaking of the naysayers, Jimmy Johnson kind of quieted the haters as well. It's
1: been a while since we've uh, talked about him since the beginning of the season. But lo and behold, here he goes winning a race.
0: Everyone was like, oh, wait, Mm -hmm. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy went in and was Jimmy. Going into the race, Mm -hmm. he already was a six-time winner there. So he showed why he was a seven time winner, so on that note, speaking of winners, I guess we should go into our top ten. We already know who won the race, so Mr. Seven time is number one at Texas. Kyle Larson, boy, this guy, Kyle Larson. you know, he went to the back twice and came back, and he finished second. But it's crazy because it's like, okay, he's back to his second ways, not winning ways, but his second ways. Joey Logano, who actually talked about having a 12th place car, finished third. And he gives all the thanks to his crew chief. That guy, that freaky fast guy, Kevin Harvick, was number four. There he is. Dale Jr. Hey, Dale. Number 88 was fifth to much delight to NASCAR Nation and Junior Nation. At some point, we got to change up the show because lately Mm -hmm. it's the Dale Jr. segment every show. So where are we at, Brad Keselowski was six. I was actually a little surprised with Brad. I yeah. thought Brad would do better this race. Jamie McMurray quietly, he's not keeping up with his young teammate, Kyle Larson, but he's not doing too bad, yeah. you know, for to be a veteran that's pretty much in the game. As you guys know, Jamie McMurray has won all the big races, Talladega, everything. He just hasn't won a championship. Martin Truex Jr came in 8th. Now this one actually surprised me. I thought Martin Truex Jr would have a top 5 finish, especially considering he was right up there he was a,
1: with Yeah, um, he was up there for a long
0: time, Tim. Ryan Blaney at yeah, and then something happened. He just fell to the back. Chase Elliott, my guy Chase Elliott came in ninth. He had a quiet Day. Not, I mean, you heard his name, but it wasn't. Chase usually is up there and you're thinking Chase is going to win. At no time yeah. did I think Chase was going to win this race. Kurt Busch quietly, very quietly came in 10th. So those are our top 10, but just a few other names I want to read off. Clint <laughs> Boyer. Hey, Clint. Clint came in 11th. He didn't have a top 10 finish, but this guy is still proven to be amazing considering everything that he's coming from and yeah. everything that he's building up at Stewart House. So yes, yes, yes to Clint Boyer's 11th place win. I would like to see this guy in the winner's circle. In fact, I think all mm, NASCAR Nation so wants to see him in the winner's circle. Renee, let's just keep it super, super real. If Clint makes it to the winner's circle, do you understand the comedy that's going <laughs> to come out of his mouth? Now, on that note, our Twitter followers, they got a little bit of a preview of Renee on stage because I posted a few videos of Renee doing standup. I didn't ask his permission. I just kind of saw he posted a video advertising his new show that he was doing last week. And I was like, dude, I got to give Renee some love. I tend to dominate the conversation when we're here on this show talking NASCAR, but that guy Renee, my co-host, <laughs> yeah, I,
1: he's pretty I, funny. I, I, I can be pretty funny when I when I want to be. <laughs> but thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, and and real so... quick, uh, Tim. Not only do I thank you for uh, doing that, but I also want to thank some of our listeners and some of our followers on Twitter uh, that gave me a shout out and really said some good comments. So I appreciate all the love and I appreciate all the support, guys. Thank you very very much.
0: Oh. Uh... So just l- a few names I do want to mention on our countdown, wrapping it up because we already gave you our top ten. These are just extras. AJ oh, Armadinger, hey AJ. AJ was running well for the past couple of weeks, but he came in twentieth. Daniel Suarez came in nineteenth. And that man, Kyle Bush, I don't know what happened yeah, to Kyle, and, uh, but Kyle came in 15th place. Yeah, he, I expected more from him. Like, he, he let Ricky Stenhouse come in 14th, oh, one place know. above him. Uh, you know what? I, you know,
1: I think I'm more surprised at Kyle Bush coming in where he came in. And, I mean, and, you know, and he can't blame it on Joey Logano because Joey Logano came in fourth and it had nothing to do with him coming in 20-something. But I was surprised that Kyle Bush ended up way back there uh, at the end of that race. I thought he would be at least top 10.
0: Yeah. And one last name that I did not mention purposely because I wanted to save his name for last. After winning two stages, Ryan <laughs> Blaney came in 12th. What's up with that? He has some issues, I think, on pit roll. Something happened. But, dude, you cannot not have a top five finish after winning two stages. Like, first of all, you should have won, but not to yeah, even come I, in top I, I five. I totally agree What's with, up that? with
1: that. Dude? I think the way that he dominated the first half of that race it's almost imperative that you, you come in at least top 10, but you should come in top five. And where he ended up at the end of that race, you're like telling yourself, okay, then he really is Ryan Blaney. You understand what I mean by that comment? Oh, that
0: was a low blow. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I understand what you're saying. That's just like saying, oh, that's Danica Patrick. <laughs> okay. What do yes, we always Danica say? Danica haters. Talk about were just Danica. not
1: Danica fans.
0: Although one of our like long-time listeners, he actually, I asked him if he was joking. When we said who you got, you know, when we asked who you got yeah, to win the race in Texas, he said Danica. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I know he's joking. But then again, every week he's Danica, Danica, Danica. Like one of these so days he might he be maybe he wasn't right. joking. I don't know. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> one day I may walk on water, but I don't think so. You keep believing the hype, and I'll yeah, I'll keep you supporting go. you. How about that one? Enough about that top ten, but going back to top five, as in Dill Jr. Because we promised we were gonna talk about the man, Mister '88, Dill Jr. Renee. Well, I, I tell you this, too. You guy? know, the funny
1: thing is is that last week, and I remember specifically we talked about this, what's wrong with Dale Jr.? It seems like every time we come up with something like that or a question, a driver, it doesn't have to be specifically Dale Jr., but like Dale Jr. obviously showed he is relevant. There's nothing wrong with him. He had a top five finish. I think that was perfect. Even though he didn't win the race, I think this was perfect of what he needed this year to get him really going. I not ex- Now I know we don't have a race next week. But I expect when we come back. The following week. I expect him to have a really good race. That weekend too. So he did a really good job. Of uh, putting himself back up in the forefront. Of some of these uh, races.
0: Well there was. At one point for a minute during the race, he was running third. And I was like, dude, I didn't ever think that he was going to win the race. But there was a point where I said, shoot, Junior mm-hmm. may come in second or third. But I'm perfectly happy. And I know Dale Junior Nation is perfectly happy with his fifth place win. And especially under the circumstances, because if I'm not mistaken, didn't Dale have uh, some issues with his oh, cooling right. system I believe sure is- uh, inside yeah, the car? he did, it, didn't he? Yeah, and we know although it was windy, it can be excruciating. It could be hot in Texas. So, regardless, even if it wasn't that hot in Texas, we all know inside a race car is super hot. It was hot in the car, you know, and I think his system, his cooling system stopped working. So, for him to actually endure all those issues and still come away with a top five, that's incredible. And speaking of having issues with their system, Jimmy Johnson, which we didn't mention earlier, Mm -hmm. he also had some issues and his um, hydration system stopped working inside his car. So although he celebrated in victory lane when he came out the car, he said he didn't feel well. And that eventually led to him going into the care center and getting three bags of IV. I bring all that up to say for it, the naysayers, and I know it's not any of our listeners, but for those who really don't mm-hmm. understand, NASCAR is a sport. It is really a sport, you know. Now, you one may say, oh, Tony Stewart was overweight. Okay. But for the most part, it takes endurance to be in a car. I mean, I've only driven in a NASCAR around the track. I mean, I've driven a couple of times, but I've driven like mm-hmm. in a row, like five or six laps. And I'm telling you, I was like, dude, get me out of this car. I enjoyed the laps because there's just something about the feeling of the power of going so fast and going up and hitting the bankman and almost hitting the wall and then coming down to the apex and all that great stuff. But it is hot as hell in those cars. Let me tell you. And not only is this hot as hell, it's just not (laughs) like driving a regular car. I can can only imagine. Yeah. I pride myself on being somewhat in shape but yeah it takes a lot that was just a complete right. complete side note to the Well, list. who else do we need to yes, talk we about def- we, we talk definitely about need to talk about Clint some Clint Boyer. Boyer.
1: Clint, you know what Clint, Clint Boyer is just it's like this guy just tends to amaze me each and every week I know he finished where he finished outside a little just like right outside the top 10 but he really had a good race I mean he was up there in the pack for a very long time
0: that's my man Clint Boyer hey Clint I was so sad when Tony Stewart retired. I don't think we've ever talked about it, but as long as I've been a fan of NASCAR, Tony was always my favorite driver. And I liked Tony because Tony had personality. He was passionate. As I've talked to many women of a certain age around NASCAR, Mm -hmm. Tony was just a man's man. And there was just something about Tony. He gave me old school racing. Tony just gave me everything. And Tony could be an ass when he wanted to be, but he had personality. And Clint, he won't fill Tony's shoes, but he was a great replacement for Tony Stewart. And I believe, I'm not quite sure where that article was, but there was an article that actually talked about how Kevin Harvick thought he was a great fit with Stewart House racing. And I have to agree. Like NASCAR needs Clint Boyer. They need A.J. Amendinger for that matter, too, because we just need more personality in the sport. People say what they want to say about Kyle Busch, but Kyle Busch has personality and he has balls. Nothing cookie-cutter about Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is going to give it to you the way he gives it to you, whether you like it or not. And he's going to say something. Maybe it's the rebel in me, but I tend to Mm -hmm. appreciate personality. Now, granted, I can be very quiet. That's another side of me. Well, our listeners are probably like, when are you ever quiet? But no, trust me. I can be very quiet, but typically when I'm quiet, there's one or two reasons. One, I don't want to be bothered and it's the only (laughs) child in me that's just like, shut the hell up. And the other reason why I'm quiet is because usually if I don't like you or the situation, I'm not going to say much because I'm not confrontational. We know if I'm feisty, but I'm not very confrontational. If I don't like something, I just keep my comment to myself. You rarely like if you follow me on my personal Twitter. I rarely yeah. have much to say about anything. I will teach you about personal branding and I will uplift you and give you motivational quotes and tools to be successful, but I don't really say <laughs> much of anything. But get me in a back alley with my back against the wall and you're doing something to me. It's on. It's on. No, just kidding. I just had to say that about my man, Clint Boyer. Renee, I, we already know Jimmy Johnson is your favorite driver, but just kind of, if you wanted to add any of your thoughts yeah, you on know personalities and um, NASCAR.
1: Uh, almost on the opposite of what you were talking about, just kind of being, I guess, an only child. You know, I grew up it's, with three other brothers, you know, and it's complete. it was completely different. We were all mouthy. We all had something to say. We were just vying for attention, whether it was from. My parents are uh, technically really my mother because we all loved our mother to death. Oh, we still do love our mother to death, excuse me. It's amazing how personality, I think, just comes out in you and you're just built that way and how you're, you're brought up, how you're raised. And especially me with being around three other brothers, I mean, that's a lot of testosterone, you know, including my father going through that house. So my mother had to deal with all of that. But I think if I were a NASCAR driver, I would completely see myself as somewhat maybe not so much of a of a tony stewart but i would see myself kind of along the lines of clint boyer and that's why i love clint boyer just as much as you do just because of of what we're talking about here his personality is just so infectious that i watch this guy i listen to what he says i watch his interviews he is simply amazing when when he's put in that that spotlight where he has to answer questions or he has to talk about something in specific about whether it's the race or the car, or just just in general, he makes it fun. You know, and I know sometimes people are just like going, how do you listen to that? Because it just seems so boring. Well, when you have a guy like Clint Boy who has a personality, it makes you want to listen to anything that he has to say. It didn't matter if he's talking about a Snickers bar. He makes it sound fun. Th- does that make any sense, Tam? I-, I mean, because I can listen to this guy all day.
0: Well, that's what it should be about, like, They give so much of themselves as drivers. So we're not asking, you know, for everything, but dang it, when you're in front of the (laughs) mic, give us a show, tell us something. And Clint definitely does that. And I you're just kind of thinking other drivers, I do like Kevin Harvick's personality. Here's an interesting thing. I like Kevin Harvick's personality. I do like Danica's personality because she's a little feisty. Who else? I used to like Kurt Bush, but I don't know, after the situation with him and the ex, and oh, yeah. he just became too tame. Like, I don't know. He's just like, oh, what other personalities I like? Of course we like Dale Jr.'s mm-hmm. personality. That's why What's we not talk to about, like about him Dale's and his Twitter antics every oh, week. Yeah, I'm more of a Mikey and a DW mm-hmm. type of girl. Like, people think Mikey, as in, you know, Michael Waltrip and Daryl Waltrip talk too much. But I love it. That's what I'm about. Like, show me something. Don't be afraid to just speak what you feel like saying. Not in a disrespectful manner, but keep the conversation going. So on that note, I mean, I'm sure we can keep this conversation going forever. So let's move on. Oh, and speaking of personalities, let's talk about Bubba, as in Bubba Wallace. No, he's not in Cup yet. It's almost. I feel bad because his best friend Belaney is doing the thing <coughs> in Cup and. He's still stuck in Xfinity. Hopefully soon he'll get some spot. Yes. Well, first of all, he needs to win because this whole sixth place thing is getting real tired. Because what he came in sixth place this weekend in Texas, but that yeah, is it was like almost kind of like Kyle coming Larson in coming in second
1: the whole time. But finally Kyle Larson pulls through. So maybe Bubba might have a shot actually coming up soon, and hopefully he can get past that that sixth place spot.
0: One thing that did happen this weekend and I thought it was such a cute story. There was a little boy, a fourth grader who designed mm-hmm. a die cast car for a competition. And it was, you know, something that he designed for Daryl Wallace oh, awesome. and he won. And it was so cute because, and, and the little boy was so well spoken for a fourth grader to actually come up with a design for a NASCAR driver. That's huge. Hopefully, this little boy becomes a lifelong NASCAR fan. I, I believe he was actually already a fan because I recall him they, them asking him something about some drivers, and he mentioned Jimmy Johnson. And I was like, uh, Oh, wait, the he's little such a boy knows kid what he's
1: too. about. I, <laughs> I mean, he's a big fourth grader. Yeah, I was like, Oh yeah, this, you saw it, this huh, kid. Right? I don't know if being a NASCAR driver is in his future, but this little kid looks like he might be a lineman for somebody.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he actually got a chance to go to the track and he went to driver's meeting. And that's yeah. pretty huge for a little boy because he probably was sitting in the driver's meeting like, what the hell is going on? But a lot of NASCAR fans only dream of going to driver's meetings. At this point, I've been to my fair share of driver's meetings. Although I have to say probably the best one was Fontana, the auto club. And that's only because there was so many celebrities there. but going to driver's meeting is pretty like, okay, they play a video, say prayer, acknowledge right. a few things and keep it moving. But how awesome is that? Like this is NASCAR is reaching out to the kids and this is that one is, of the great ways to do it. That is a fantastic it. way. to do That is
1: just a, one of those feel good stories, Tam, that you go, you know, this is what NASCAR should really all be about is trying to get everybody involved trying to create all of these new fans that they talk about all the time. This is just a perfect way to do that.
0: Yeah. And just one added note, the pain scheme that he designed, it was actually dedicated to his two grandmothers who mm. have colon cancer, which is just crazy in itself for both of your grandmothers to have colon cancer. His theme was a design of pink blue and green and it was right. for cancer 2017 so that's pretty awesome the car looked awesome you know and in fact if i'm not mistaken so don't quote me i believe this contest was run by bubba's sponsor but it's just great for nascar all the way around to Really reach out and bring these kids into a sport that seems to be not at a standstill, but we're not necessarily progressing the best way as a sport. So change, change happens. So yeah, with that. Keeping on the topic of diversity. Oh, well, I don't know. I feel like we talk about that every week. Okay, uh, For the ahead. listeners
1: out there that, that uh, listen to this podcast, we always kind of like seem to talk about this particular subject. But specifically with Eric uh, Amarola in Miami at Homestead, there was another feel good story uh, about Eric. Obviously, you know, he drives the 43 Richard Petty. And I know we kind of talked about this last week, but Eric Amarola seems to be doing so many things with the Latino community. But in this particular uh, story, it was one out in Miami, which was at Homestead. And uh, there seemed to have been like a little contest going on uh, within the Latino community. And all they had to do was they just had to recreate a a 10 to 30 second video telling why they should be the next Latino star in NASCAR and tell them why that they should be the next Latino NASCAR star. Driving in a stock car and just showing their love for the sport and how they would spread interest, uh, you know, throughout the community of creating new fans as Eric Amarola has.
0: Wow. Well, you. you Oh, uh,
1: I was just going to say, you know, the, the winner will be chosen later in the week. But the thing about Eric was. He met a lot of them there at the racetrack at Homestead. He took all of these young people around in the car, around the track, just like what you had mentioned that you had done earlier in the podcast. And these youngsters were just like, I mean, floored at the fact that this, all this was going on. He took pictures on the racetrack with them. You know, all of this is just, you know, him trying to really bring another audience, I guess. And and I know we talk about this all the time, Tam, uh, especially with the Latino community He's continuously trying to bring in this new audience. At the same time, just as Daniel Suarez coming in and moving up into the chase thing, he's also bringing in the Latin market as well. So I think the Latin market really is kind of like, it's overwhelming how much of the Latino market that NASCAR is hitting. But once again, I will go back and I will agree with you and what we've always talked about. And we need to bring in as much African-American audience, just as much as we are bringing in the, the Latino
0: audience. Renee, I will tell you, you shared something with me just now that Eric Amarola did this weekend that I was not aware of. Great things are happening. We just gave you two feel good stories, NASCAR and the kids and NASCAR and diversity. So hopefully NASCAR, keep up the good work. So we're coming to the part of our show that Renee likes, and that is predictions and the fan comment of the week. But guess what? There won't be any predictions right. this week Although because I could there's give no a race prediction next week. I
1: can tell you who's not going to win this race, and that's nobody because there ain't going to be no race. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what we will do is just jump into our fan comment of the week. So I'm just going to pull a couple of comments from the NASCAR Reddit board since I kind of jumped over there. This morning, you know, after the race, they always have something to say. NASCAR fans are crazy. So this is not answering a question. It's just more so a comment that somebody left. And they wrote, as someone who grew up watching NASCAR as a kid in the early 2000s, that was some of the best racing I've seen in a really long time. Reminded me of the races before the COT. And for those who don't know, C-O-T, it stands for car of tomorrow. And then in parentheses, the guy writes, not that I'm complaining about the C-O-T, which is car of tomorrow. He goes on to say, also the first race in a really long time where I felt there were six to eight cars that could have won the race. Seems like the generation six, the Gen six and low downforce package had made it so that two to three cars dominated each race. All in all, I'm really satisfied with the results. If NASCAR can find a way to recreate this kind of racing at the other tracks, things will definitely be looking up. And that comment is interesting on many levels because we no longer really discussed the generation six car which was the big to-do when it first debuted you know i guess what has it been two years three years now i don't really keep up with that but i do know it's been some time and It's interesting, too, because he mentions how can we replicate that at other tracks? We didn't talk about this because I kind of felt, you know, and I'm sure you feel the same way that everybody else talked about it. So why should we talk about it? But with the repavement of Texas, the cars were fast. Like I remember the first 10 laps. I was like, oh, these cars are looking good on the track. We talked about it last week. Both Renee and I like super speedways. You know, I'm a fan of Talladega and Daytona. I like pack ra- racing. There wasn't a lot of pack racing here. There wasn't any at all. But I mean, there was some points where yeah. I was like, we're we taking the three. Y." There was a lot going on. You didn't see too much lap traffic. I thought it was a good race. Let's uh, pull out one other comment. Let's see. Somebody writes, I also noticed how reminiscent it was of Pre-cot racing at times throughout the race. There still could have been some more organic passing for the lead, but things still seem satisfactory compared to the other races this year. You can't ask for a whole lot better at Texas, anyways. So I mean, it, it looks like, and I'm sure if I dig through, I'll find somebody who has a hate comment. But for the most That's part, good. everybody seemed to enjoy the racing.
1: I had a good time watching it. I think just for the most part, because of Ryan Blaney doing what he did and keeping my attention on this race because I was like, how long could he keep this up? And he did a great job. And that kind of kept my focus on the good half of the race. And then with Jimmy Johnson just hovering around there and knowing that I knew that he he really had a very legitimate chance of winning that race, that kept my interest in the second part of that race. So I thoroughly enjoyed that race. I sure as heck heck did.
0: Well, I will add one comment I just found at random as you were talking, but it's perfect to end this fan comment of the week segment one commenter writes and his name is bro by bro interesting name he says that was miles ahead of what i expected for texas right after repaid i've got high hopes for this track as the surface ages and drivers really get to use that wide turns one and two also good lord can we just rename the place jimmy (laughs) johnson motor speedway yet so I thought that was perfect. I mean, he is Mr. 7-time, not only Mr. 7-time champ, but he's that's, Mr. 7-time at and Texas as well. probably wouldn't even well. have a
1: problem with ne- renaming that Jimmy Johnson so, Motor Speedway at all.
0: <laughs> we gave away a pair of Valvoline Mechanics gloves as well as a Valvoline Snapback hat on Twitter. The question that we asked to win the hat was how many times has Jimmy Johnson won at Texas? At that time, obviously, the answer was six. Now it's seven. Everything just seemed to have lined up for Jimmy. Maybe thanks to us putting it out there. I don't know. That was just a side note, but yeah. So that's Mr. Jimmy, yeah. Mr. Seven Time. Okay, you know what? I think I've been watching too many episodes of Martin. I think that's where that's <laughs> coming from. Do any of our listeners listen exactly. to Martin? Well, Dog. like you said, Tim, <laughs> there
1: is no race next okay. week. We don't have any predictions to do. However. Each and every week, I will tell you that, Tam, as I like to say, I always appreciate this love and support that our listeners give us. Please, if you uh, have any friends or family that love NASCAR just as much as we do, please pass our podcast on to them. They could subscribe to us on iTunes, and we always appreciate you guys interacting with us on social media. That is one thing that we love. We love to hear your comments. We love to read your comments. And uh, we love to interact with you guys on Twitter. We love to interact with you guys on Instagram. Uh, So please hit us up. You can find me on my own personal social media at It's Renee Garcia. Tam, where can they find you?
0: You can find me across the boards at I am sincerely Tam. And do us a favor. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, like Renee said, and leave us a comment. comment. How about that? We need your comments. The more comments, the better we can improve the show. And one last thing before we go, we talked about it last week. We talked about it a little bit on social, but make sure to take the jump over to TeamValvoline.com and check out our latest episode over at TeamValvoline.com. We have an episode where we break down the top five tracks on the NASCAR circuit. Hopefully you will enjoy that because it was a lot of blood, sweat, can't really say tears, but it definitely was a lot of work putting those top five tracks together. So
1: thank you, Tam, for doing all the things that you do to make this show work. I personally just want to thank you and make sure that you know that I always appreciate each and every week the way you put this show together. I also want to give a shout out to all our listeners for once again, for always listening in each and every week. Thank you for your support. We love and continue and want your support. So thank you for once again for me, for Tam, for All Turns, No Breaks, a podcast which is for fans, by fans. We will see you again next week, guys, and be kind to each other.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.